in these unique times, Augusta Ollie can make a difference. Please buy our custom merch today at Augusta Ollie's store on bonfire.com. You could you could buy our merch with a with, with a 20% off with the code Augusta Big Sale. So come all to Augusta Ollie store at Bonfire to get our merch. And it's 20% off. So hurry up and go get it down. Oh. Hey, Cody. What's up, man? What's up? It's been, it's been a quite a while. It was a while, but I'm ready, and I hope you're ready, too, to, to do All right. Bit. All right. Welcome to Augusta Ollie Podcast. This is my new co-host, Cody Rose Tattoo. The previous Brian... He blocked me on Facebook Messenger and Twitter. I don't know why, but I don't care. Let's let's get to start with Jack Elevation. All right, we got Jericho Christian Society's Anna J versus Nikki Victory. Victory in a singles match. Anna J defeated Nikki Victory. What do you think of this matchup? Well, I think uh, probably that's the right decision. Obviously, at Dark Elevation is to you know, put over the people that are going to be coming up through the ranks into onto Dynamite, and Anna Jay is a is a good decision for that. Anna Jay is obviously a very young talent still, and and it has a lot of talent, and is part of the JAS now, and probably is going to get some uh, gold or gold opportunities, um, either TBS or the Women's Championship uh, pretty soon. So I think that's a, that's the right decision. Yeah, it is the right decision. All right, Ruby saw on Ortiz versus Queen Amida and Mickey Midas in a mixed tag team match. Ruby Soto Ortiz got the victory against Queen Amida and Mickey Midas. What do you think of the match? I thought that this was also, you know, a great, you know, way to kind of give them a win and kind of spoilers from ahead, like to the rampage match. They had a rampage match against uh, Taimelo and Sammy Guevara. So this, I'm assuming, is to give him the win uh, before you know suffering that loss on the on television on TNT. So uh, that's a that's good, you know, way a good way to give him a win in the rankings. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dante Martin defeated Jackson Drake in a singles match. As, again, like Dante Martin, obviously we know how good Dante Martin is. He uh, has pretty has a pretty high jump and everything. So. Um, a good, you know, way to kind of exemplify Dante Martin's uh, his, you know, abilities. Yeah. All right. Serena D defeated Megan Myers in a singles match. Uh, yes, Serena D is all, all any Serena D match for me is a really good match because she's just a, you know, the exemplification of what a professional wrestler should be. Whether male or female, she's great at it. And you know, this wasn't the exception, obviously. The, you know, she's on AW Elevation for a reason. She's not on TV yet, but this means that maybe something's brewing for her, and hopefully that that is happening, and so that you know that gets on dynamite soon. All right, Dark Orders, Sean Sean Silver, Preston Ten Vance, and his Alex Reynolds defeated Alex Ender Polo, RC Dupree, and Demona Savana in a trios match. Yes, yes, uh, this. Obviously, this team, the Dark Order Trio, is uh, has a match later in the week uh, in the Trios tournament for the Trios championship. So, kind of 
giving them a a win in that trios division. I don't I don't think they have rankings yet, but I'm sure this would you know, serve the purpose of giving them, you know, good you know I guess uh, cohesion so that they are seen as a team and also I guess in a you know make believe rankings. This this would also give them a win in the rankings and give them more credibility into you know being a contender. All right, Hasselblad's Julia Hart defeated Haley Shadows in a singles match. Yes, yes. I have a personal, you know, problem with Julia Hart being in House of Black, but that's just me. It seems like everybody else likes Julia Hart in, in House of Black, and, you know, it's good. She's doing good character work, obviously. She has, you know, dark makeup and everything, and she's a little bit more aggressive in the ring, and it wasn't no, yeah, it wasn't different here in this match, and I think... Uh, She's she's really good. I think she's a natural babyface as well. I think when she was a cheerleader with the varsity blondes, it was it was good there. There was no need to change it, but you know this this was good too. I uh, this was a a good match as well. All right, Tony Nese and Josh was defeated Logan James and Andrea Guerrero in a tag team match. Yeah, well, this I mean Josh was and Tony Nese obviously. They're trying to solidify them as a tag team. They're about to have a match on Dynamite. I guess they were demoted to Dark Elevation. Um, so, yeah, just kind of solidify them as a team. And, you know, hopefully that cohesion and, you know, chemistry, you know, comes comes to them. Yeah. All right. You okay? Yes, I'm okay. Are you All okay? Right. All right. Draft Triangle. Defeated Manscout, Rosario Guerrero, and Dean Alexander in their trios match. Can you repeat that again? I didn't hear the first people. All right, Steph Triangle defeated Manscout, Rosario Guerrero, and Dean Alexander in the trios match. Yes. So uh, again, it's the same thing as the as the Dark Order match. So you know they're trying to you know create the trios division. And since they're in the trios tournament and they're gonna go against the dark order on rampage later that week, obviously um, they have to rack up the wins as a trio and also to solidify them and uh, put them on the like so that the crowd knows that they're a team and they got that victory. You know, obviously they're a sound team that that could contend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's the main event: uh, Elevation Emi Sakura. Maki Ariro defeated Hikaru Shida and Sky Blue in a tag team match. Who who defeated Hikaru Shida and Sky Blue? No, it was Emi Sakura Makahiru defeated Hikaru Shida and Sky Blue in a tag team match in a main event on Elevation. Oh, Maki Makito and 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 Emi Sakura. Yeah, I saw that match. I saw that match, and I was very surprised that Hikaru Shida and and Sky Blue lost, but. Uh, you know, I guess they're trying to give some victories to Emi Sakura and and, and Makito. I, I mean, Emi Sakura, I think, is a full-time, you know, a full-time women's wrestler here in the United States. But I don't know about Makito. I think Makito is still, you know, coming to Japan and back. But, you know, hopefully this leads to something. I mean, I think in Dark Elevations, they have storylines now, and maybe this is one of them. You know, Hikaru Shida just comes came back, I think, from Japan, and maybe kind of trying to ease her into, into you know, something in here. So, and you know, hopefully Hikaru Shida and you know all those women also in that match uh, 
get something on Dynamite soon. All right. So, okay. So, what do you think of this Dark Elevation in this whole episode of Dark Elevation? Well, I thought, you know, it served its purpose. Obviously, the purpose of uh, Dark Elevation, at, at least how I see it, is to kind of give people reps and, you know, give people matches to have. Also, to kind of fill up the live event uh, show. But, um, you know, if you can see what's going to happen on Dynamite in the coming weeks by seeing what in, uh, happens in Dark Elevation. So I thought this did well in doing that. I think Dark Elevation serves its purpose well, and this was no exception. Okay. All right, now we go to AW Dark Recap. We got the Renegade Twins, Robin and Charlene, defeated Rocky Rally and Ali Rex in a tag team match. Yes, yes, and the Renegade Twins are, you know, I've, I've seen, I don't, I, don't want, I don't personally watch independent wrestling, but I believe that they have been uh, doing the rounds in the independent wrestling scene, and obviously they're popular. They've, they've done matches on Dark and Dark Elevation. I think they had a match and and rampage as well, and they're the twin spot. And I think they they're still young and and they have a good future. I think uh, this victory in AW Dark uh, does well for them. Okay, and we got now the Factories Anthony Agogo defeating Melo in a singles match. Yeah, so Anthony Agogo obviously, uh, you know, he should win this match. He's a uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than this was what it was supposed to be. Anthony goes should, you know, be somewhere up, more up the target, in my opinion. But, you know, obviously he has to come up the ranks as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The wingman's pretty. Peter Avalon and Ryan Neff defeated Adrian Ellis and Lion Gray in a tatty match. Yes. And I th- I think the, what, what are those people called? The, the pretty Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth and Cesar Bononi and all those guys. I, I really like that faction. If they're, they're the resident jobbers and an AW, but it's good that they get those uh, like an AW Dynamite and Rampage. But it's good that they uh that they get wins here in AW Dark so that you know they still maintain some uh, some level of credibility in AW. They that they have a place to stay there because and they actually are a competition to some people at least, and that's uh, that's what's good about AW Dark here uh, and it's exemplified through this match. Mm-hmm. Alright, Blake Pearson defeated Lucky Alley in a singles match. Who who was that? Blake Christian defeated L- oh, Lucky Alley okay. in a singles match. Okay, Blake Christian. Yes, I've seen a couple of matches of him. Um, that's good. That's a, that's He's coming up. Maybe Doug Dark. I think there's one of his first matches in AW Dark and AW in general. And I think, uh, you know, uh, he, there's a good future for him, but we would have to remain to see him in more matches. Yeah, okay. All right. Jorel, Jora, Jorel defeated Barry Morales in a singles match. Who, who was the first one? Who was, who was the guy who won? Jara Joel Joel defeated Barry Morales in a singles match. Well, I mean, I have never heard of that name, or maybe I have, I just don't remember, but I mean, I'm sure they they have that person winning for a reason, 
and Adar Dark, it's you know what they call the or what Tony Khan is called the NXT of of AW. That is kind of like the younger people, the people on first tier deals, uh, trying to kind of like get themselves up in the totem pole in AW. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure they have a reason to give that person a win. I'm not gonna get mad at it just because I don't know the person. Mm-hmm. All right, the acclaimed Max Cast Max Caster defeated Justin Cotto in a singles match. Okay, Max Caster is a singles competitor. I mean, he's not a singles competitor regularly, so I mean, getting the singles win is interesting. Maybe just kind of refining his wrestling ability, or maybe just giving somebody like the person he's wrestling a, a match. I'm not sure, but uh, obviously Max Caster is very good at, in the ring and as a singles competitor and as a tag team competitor. And this was this is a good thing. Uh, someone on Dynamite giving uh, you know the rub, uh, as some people would say, to this person uh, in AEW Dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Dante Martin, Matt Seidel defeated the Factories, Aaron Solo and Nick Kamara in a tag team match. Yeah, so I, I really like Matt Seidel and I really like Dante Martin and it's good that they they uh they beat the factory. I guess the factory or I also like the factory, but you know, they're also one of those resident, you know, jobbers guys or the people that take the pins all the time. So it is what it is. Um that's their role and they gotta play it well. And yeah, I have no problem with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so Jericho Christian Society's Daniel Garcia defeated Weston Blake in a singles match. Okay, uh, also a singles match for a tag team competitor. I guess this is a, uh, I guess this is a, uh, something that happens regularly in AW Dark. Uh, also to refine some, you know, things, wrestling things, I guess. But I mean, the right guy won. Obviously, is to give them a win in the singles category, and yeah, I think I, again I have no problem with this. Um, yeah, I have no problem with that. All right, the Trustbusters, Ardavari, Slim J, and Parker Bordex defeated Ryan Howie, Omar Amar, and Clashwell Flow in a trios match. Okay, so the Trustbusters, a new trio, a new team, a new faction in AW, and they're in AW Dark. Getting those wins, which is what's supposed to happen. Uh, obviously, people would tell you maybe sometimes that um, they they deserve to get those wins on AW Dynamite. They're, they're not in AW Dynamite. Uh, people don't see those wins and don't see them as a credible threat. I want to tell you that. But I, w- I would just say that's good. They're getting the reps. They're getting the wins. They're getting the credibility. They're stacking up the wins in the rankings. And eventually, they'll get to that space where they'll at least be in Dark Elevation and then Rampage. Or maybe the, in the meantime they'll also be on rampage and then eventually on dynamite and be a hopefully a an actual credible team because right now people see them as what like a joke or whatever but eventually I think they'll they'll kind of solidify and be more believable. Yeah. Okay. Alright. So okay. So Dark Order is John Silver, Reynolds, and Preston Ten defeated Tyshawn Press, DK Vandu, and Joey Sweets in a trails match. Okay, so again, a trios match for the person, the the trios team in a in a trios tournament for the trios championship. So 
you know, the Dark Order should win this match because they're in this tournament. They got to remain a credible threat to the people that they're going to be in. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I think this this is a good this was a good uh, decision. Okay. Tony Nese and Josh Woods defeated GKM and Oliver Sawyer in a tag team match. So, this is like the whole dark quarter. That dark quarter. This, this is the whole dark tapings for AW. Or yeah, this is this week's dark episode. Dark. So we we had two Josh Woods and Tony Nese matches. Yeah, it was no. This the the first one was on Elevation, and the, ah. and the second one was on Dark. Okay, so they still get the reps. I think that's a a good thing, as I've repeated. But um, yeah, that's good. Josh Woods and Tony Nese, obviously they they see something in them as a team. And, you know, they're both, you know, the, you know, pure style wrestling type people. Uh, Josh Woods, a pure, former pure wrestler, and Tony Nese has proven himself, I think, as a as a capable pure wrestler as well. So uh, I like I like the, the fact that they're putting them together, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we got Iron Savages, Bear Bronson, and Bear Boulder defeated Sean Maluda, Maluda, and Manny Lowe in a tag team match. Yeah, I saw I saw the 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 Iron Savages and the the promo that the manager cut before, and I really liked their presentation. I really liked the manager and like how they look. Uh, I think they are some a team that is gonna be a you know. Is gonna be is gonna get somewhere in, in AW and Dynamite hopefully, and I think they're future tag team champions. So, so I really like uh, the fact that they're being, you know, used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being used. Mm-hmm. We got the Workhorsemen, JD Drake and Anthony Henry defeated Rosero Grillo and Dean Alexander in a tag team match. Okay, that's a routine, you know, getting the rips in the the, you know. AW's NXT, so obviously people that are in the comments, yes. Yes. Yeah, you, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Alright. Alright, now we got the main event of AW Dark. Kylan King defeated Mafosa in a singles match. And after after the main event, Kylan King cut a, an amazing promo that led to Britt Baker coming to the ring and Kylan Baker, Baker coming to cutting a promo of her own on Kylan King went something led to another and Kylan King struck Britt Baker to build up for their dynamite match. Yes, yes, I saw this and I'm really impressed with Kylan King. Obviously trained at the Nightmare Factory, so she's been trained to do these things. She went out and and you know and went out to the independent scene and kinda of bet on herself and went to the NWA. I've been watching her in the NWA too and she's been proving herself there as well. And now she's in AW Dark, back in AW Dark, and you know, getting that win. So because obviously she's also gonna have a match on Dynamite against Britt Baker uh, that week or this week. And I I think Kylie King is a good competitor. Obviously, once when you compare Kylie King to Britt Baker, it's not it's not nowhere near close. What uh, what Britt Baker is, but you know, Kylie King is doing the work. I I could, I could tell you that and. Um, she probably does have a future somewhere in a big company. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of AW Dark 
this episode of AEW Dark? I I thought AEW Dark was good. I liked the promos that were cut and like the just a, you know, the uh, what's it called studio show presentation of it. Obviously, like some of the you know wrestlers are not you know stars yet, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to get uh, get there, and you know it's uh, AEW's NXT basically. That's what Tony Khan is. Um, described it as and I thought I thought it was a good show for what it is. Yeah, pretty much. Alright, let's go to the Dynamite recap. Jericho kicks off the show, writes Garcia Garcia to the ring, calls his favorite person in the world. Jericho, he knows that emotions were running higher than the match, just want an apology. Garcia says he hugged with the best wrestler in the world for thirty minutes and the match is the kind of match he always dreamt as a kid, have as a kid. He said he hopes some kids watching that match have felt the same way he did as a kid. When Danielson offered a handshake they all he cared about and Jericho ruined it, then Jericho said he felt he's sorry that, Jericho, that Garcia felt, feels that way, but he believes there'll be more moments like that when you're, you're for that point, you're the greatest technical sports entertainer in the world, which gets you the wrestler chant. Then we got Danielson coming out and agrees with all the people that Garcia is a wrestler. Jericho demands Garcia is a sports entertainer again, but Garcia cuts him out, says he isn't making a decision between his mentor and hero in front of everyone. He tries to leave, but Jericho grabs him and Garcia shoves him down and walks out. We got Danielson laughing and saying he's not a huge fan of sports entertainment, but that was pretty damn entertaining. Jericho says he's been around Danielson for 15 years, but he's never seen the best wrestler in the world out of him. He says no more about wrestling than Anderson will ever will. He says he's the last survivor of the Stu Hart dungeon, and he's still the Lionheart. Danielson asked Jericho who he thinks Stu Hart or Owen Hart would say if they asked who was the battle wrestler was. He asked Jericho if they wrestled a match tonight. Jericho accepts the challenge were only for All Out. J- Jake Hager then attacked Danielson behind. So what do you think this Jericho-Garcia segment? So it was Jericho, Garcia, and Brian Danielson, and ultimately it led to uh, Brian Danielson against Chris Jericho match at All Out, you know, the announcement of that. So... I'm assuming that yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the match. I think Chris Jericho, despite what people say about him as a good wrestler, uh, I think uh, he's had plenty of good matches. I really liked his match with MJF. I liked you know um, other matches as well. So like, uh, I think a Chris Jericho Brian Danielson match would be a good match. Um, in terms of the Daniel Garcia thing. Uh, I think we're going to see that, you know, kind of decision, you know, go through and all out somehow. Maybe uh, he picks the winner or maybe uh, after the match or he helps somebody cheat or something. I think at the end of the day, I think Daniel Garcia is going to join the BCC. Uh, that's where he kind of should be. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like this thing, man, I guess. I mean, to be honest, I've, I've been watching AW, but I've been kind of, Losing interest in it, but this was a good one. So, yeah. All right, got Jay Lito defeated Dax Harwood by a roll-up. Post-match, the Sunday Dud says while they challenged FTR Warlord to a truest match on allow, they never said it would be Sting and Sanjay Team Lito. He said instead it would be two of their be- good friends, the Motor City Machine Guns. Yes, and this match was, uh, to me, I thought this was the best match of the night. Some other people would say that Trios Tournament... Uh, match was the best match. I, to me, this was my type of wrestling. And, you know, when Jay Lethal came into the AW, to AW, this is what I imagined, you know, him doing. Well, the type of matches of him, uh, like the type of matches he was going to 
great. And, you know, obviously when you go against Dykes Harwood, you're going to have a great match. So I really, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this Chills, Chills match with Wardlow and FTR versus um, Machine, the Machine Guns. So what's it called? The Motor City Machine, Machine Guns. Motor City Machine Guns. That came, that kind of le- came out of left field. I don't, I don't understand really. I mean, I, okay, they have the involvement with Ring of Honor, but I don't really understand why. What's their kind of motivation to support Jay Lethal other than oh, let's have a good match. And, and all out for me I don't know if that's a, a good motivation for it but you know um, I guess the fans end up winning I guess uh, in that point but, and nobody should kind of complain about that but you know it is what it is alright we got backstage with Thunder Rosa crying she says she had to step down as women's champion due to her injury she announced an interim women's champion name that all out she wishes Tony Storm Good luck, but this won't stop her, and she will come back strong, better and stronger. Yes, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. I think controversial. I think most people don't believe this. I think most people think Thunderosa is a good baby face. For me, when she came into AW from NWA, I I was a supporter. Um, but once she came into AW, I don't know if I really buy her whole act. Um, as being this good, you know, good, you know, baby face or anything. I think her promos, I mean, obviously she's from Mexico and I understand like the accent and that's good. I mean, you could have believable promos with an accent. That's fine. That doesn't change things for me. I think uh, I just don't believe what she's saying, you know, and part of me takes me out of part of that kind of takes me out of her character, you get what I'm saying? Um, now she's gonna, you know, not relinquish the title, but now somebody's gonna become the interim champion, and she has, I think, what's been reported a, a disc problem, a back problem. Uh, I don't know, it is what it is. I don't think this is the ideal thing for AW. For me, I would kind of refrain from interim championships. I would just relinquish the title. If you can't defend the title, you should probably. Uh, relinquish the title because you should be the defending champion as well as the reigning champion. There can't be two champions at the same time. For me, that just uh, diminishes the quality of championship. You just diminish. You have just diminished the title for the world, the men's world title. Now you're doing the same thing for the women's world title. I don't know if that's the right decision for me. That's uh, that's frustrating for me for AW to do because they've done a good job in protecting their titles and making them feel important, but I don't think is the right, um, you know, decision. But whatever. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. We have now Colton Gunn defeated Billy Gunn. The post-match where Billy Gunn Club beat, beats Billy and they claim down, down until Swerve and Our Glory ran out and chased them off. Then we turn into Swerve and Our Glory staring down the acclaim before leaving. Yeah, so this match was kind of just made to set up that, uh, that angle between Swerve and Our Glory. Uh, against the claims, or yeah, the right to claim, and you know, I don't know what's gonna happen out loud personally. Personally, and this is what I said that I kind of lost interest in AW. I I know a lot of people don't like like the the claims because of their uh, entrance and everything, and they're good capable wrestlers. But for me, I just don't 
I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not my type of thing. Um, Serving our glory, other people would say that they're great. I'm not going to be that one per- that person that says that. I, for me, I think Keith Lee, I don't know, I, I think he's overrated. Uh, Serve Strickland, he's good or whatever, but I think he plays into his hype too much. Uh, that's just me being honest. And, you know, I think there's going to be a good match, obviously, in all outs, but, uh, and I don't know who's going to win, which is a good thing. I, that's a testament to the good booking. But uh, for me, I'm, I wouldn't be interested in this match if you were asking me. Yeah, I understand. All right, Britt Baker defeated Kylan King. Post-match, Baker mocks down the Rosa saying when she was champion, she wrestled her title reign with a broken wrist. Baker says that Storm will finally get a chance on the pay-per-view that someone gives a damn about because she'll finally be in a ring with her. We go into Tony Storm coming out, but Hater attacks her from behind. Hater and Baker beat Storm down until Hikaru Shida makes the save. Sheeta, Baker, Storm, Hater will face on the four-way for the Arrow Women's title out at All Out. Yes. And, Britt ba- I mean, what Britt Baker said, is she wrong? I don't think she's wrong, honestly. I don't think she's wrong. I think Britt Baker did carry the women's division in her back. You know, one thing is being a good wrestler, which Thunderosa is. She's a very good and capable wrestler. And so is Britt Baker. But what Britt Baker has is that she just exudes being a star. She knows... Uh, what she's supposed to do on the mic. She knows what she's supposed to do in the ring. She knows what she's supposed to do outside the ring as well. And, and you know, Thunder also does that as well, but I just think that Britt Baker is on another level when you consider her against uh, the other women of the AW women's, women's division. So, yeah, and also what happened afterwards, you know, I think they put over Hikaru Shida really strong. Everybody recognized that Hikaru Shida coming down to the ring was a threat. It makes me believe that maybe Hikaru Shida wins that interim championship. But uh, I, th- I see other people say Jimmy Hader, uh, which, you know, I wouldn't mind or whatever, but I still think uh, Hikaru Shida is a lot better than uh, Jimmy Hader. Yeah, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. We got, okay, we go to Swerve Our Glory, offers you a claim of Tasha, the out and ASAP. Yep, as, as as we've discussed, that uh, it will happen in all outs, and you know, it's a match. Yes, it's, it's pretty much yeah, a matchup. All right, we go straight to Moxley defeating CM Punk, become the undisputed AW World Champion. During the end of the match, Punk falls down, starts rolling around, in pain, grabbing his foot. The referee calls for the doctor, but Moxley basically somehow pushed the doctor, and and Moxley destroyed Punk with a King Kong lariat. Moxley hit a serious elbows and put Punk in an ankle lock. Then Punk hit, I mean, Moxley hit two death fires and pinned him for the win. Yeah, so this was the most noteworthy thing that happened on Dynamite. Obviously, um, you know, people tuned in to watch this world title match. And, you know, it was going to be the unification title match. So uh, the interim one championship was going to be unified with the with the, what I assume to be the real original AW World Championship. And John Moxley essentially jobbed out CM Punk, which, you know, puts over John Moxley strong, and people weren't expecting it. It's a surprise, I suppose. Um, now, the question would be, okay, is it the right decision to put John Moxley big strong and to job out 
you know, one of your biggest stars. Does it kind of hinder that uh, stardom that CM Punk has in AW? I would argue no, because obviously uh, CM Punk is injured, and obviously, and he made it clear and apparent that he had hurt his leg again in some way or another. I'm expecting something to transpire out of this at all out. I'm expecting another CM Punk John Moxley match at all out, and I don't know with a stipulation or not, but I think it will be with a stipulation. Uh, and I think the only way to do this is to 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 have CM Punk beat John Moxley, uh, which I don't I don't know if you want to do that hot potato stuff with the world title, but but I mean I think CM Punk is a deserved champion, but if he's injured, if he's legitimately injured, if he's really injured, I think that obviously you have to put that title on John Mux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Alright, backstage, Christian Ch- Cage accepts Jungle Boy's challenge for All Out? Yeah, and we expected this to happen. Christian Cage and Jungle Boy have been at it for, for weeks now, and, you know, um, I think it's going to be a good match that kind of exemplifies. I think people have forgotten how good Jungle Boy is and also how good Christian is in the ring. So I think people are going to get surprised by this match. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we got Ricky Starks comes out and say he has veterans in the back telling him this is the show business, not friend business. He says that he thought he and Hobbs were reception. He says, well, Hobbs wants to see him do good. He didn't want to see him do better than Hobbs. Stark says that when Hobbs was standing around the bezel shirt, Baker's security guard, he gave Hobbs a seat at the table. Stark says Hobbs went after his neck. He knew how close he was to lose his career with his neck. It was more than personal. Now he considers Hobbs a snake. Where is, that, where is it from? They cut the heads of the snakes. Starks tells Hobbs to bring his $5 ass to Chicago and find him at All Out. Yes, and um, this was, has been also a feud that's been uh, happening since uh, the last pay-per-view, Double Nothing, or, you know, maybe less than that, but, you know, it's been going on for a while. And uh, Ricky Starks is, you know, a star. For me, I mean, his next contract is going to be a hefty one. It's going to be a, a big one. And, you know, I think uh, for me, I, I say this, and I don't say I don't mean to, you know, belittle AW or anything. But I'm saying this dude deserves to be in the biggest stage possible uh, because he this dude's a star. I don't see him personally as a babyface. I think he's better as a heel, as a cowardly heel. But he does the babyface stuff really good as well. And there's no exception in this promo. It made me want to, like, watch this uh, match because of this, you know, issue that he has with Powerhouse Hobbs, who also had a match on Rampage and Holy shit, bro. I think this is uh, the match that I want to watch. Uh, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs is, is going to be a good one. But, yeah, I really I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, backstage, John Moxley, Tom CM Punk, best in the world, my ass. Moxley says the answer to every problem has always been John Moxley. He's just some guy. He's the guy in, in wrestling. Moxley sends some people asking when's my time, but he's been telling us the time is right now. Yeah, this was a good promo. I mean, we don't expect less from John Moxley, especially, you know, after all the news with CM Punk and, you know, the everything with the, everything with, uh, 
you know, the backstage problems, the backstage drama. I think, uh, you know, obviously this added, you know, reason to be kind of fired up. And John Moxley is a fired up person as it is. So, yeah, this was a great thing. And, yeah, I mean, I have nothing else to say other than this dude is going to, this dude is already a star, you understand? So, you know, what CM Punk is now, John Moxley will be in a couple of years. He's still, uh, John Moxley is in, in his prime year, so he still has a work to, left to do. So, yeah. All right. We got the, the main event, the AEW World Trios title tournament, quarterfinals, the United Empire defeated the Death Triangle, Pac, Ray Phoenix, and Penta. The United Empire are Will Ospreay, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher, and he defeated Pac, Ray Phoenix, and Penta. And during the post-match, the Elite walked down and stared down United Empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and this this match was unbelievable. Obviously, Pac, Will Ospreay, those those are two of the best ma- uh, two of the best wrestlers in the world. And you know, along with you know. A great tag tag teams as well, Aussie Open and and the Lucha Brothers. You know, for me, I don't know. I think I think Will. I mean, Jim Ross said it. Uh, Will Osprey is a is a for sure sign. Uh, he needs to be signed with a top promotion, AW or anywhere. You know, but uh, you know, uh, this was a great match. Obviously, we saw that Dave Meltzer gave it five stars. I guess it is deserving. And, yeah, the stare down, obviously, people really want to see Kenny Mega and Will Ospreay, uh, you know, go at it, and that's going to happen next week. All right, let's, all right, let's try, well, let's, let's talk about some of the WWE SmackDown, then we'll, we'll, and then we'll go into Rampage recap. All right. All right. So tell me about SmackDown. So yes, yeah, SmackDown. Uh, this was SmackDown last night. Let me just uh, go go with the results out. I can tell you right now, it opened up with Ricochet making his entrance, and there was a match. Ricochet versus Baron Corbin, who who have had uh, a feud against each other um, for the past you know couple of weeks. Um, Ricochet got the first win in the first match. Uh, then they went against each other also in the Fatal Five Way for the number one contenders match to the Intercontinental Championship of Clash of the Castle. In that unbelievable match, it was a great match uh, last week on SmackDown. And this week, it was Ricochet versus uh, versus Baron Corbin, where Ricochet got the win over Baron Corbin once again. And Baron Corbin has taken three pins in three weeks in a row, so I don't know what that means for him. It surely means that Ricochet is being put over really strong, which he deserves, I believe. He's one of the best wrestlers or one of the most unbelievable wrestlers in the world. And, you know, people people love him, and it's very easy to love him as well. So, so yeah, that's what happened in the first match of SmackDown. I don't know if you have anything else to add for that match. Hmm. Well, it was, it, what you said was a good matchup. Yes, Baron Corbin lost the third time to Ricochet, so I don't know what's going to be for Baron Corbin. He's he's basically he's been, he's been using used to get people over, and Ricochet might have a future opportunity to face Roman or McIntyre in the future. 
yeah, yeah, I could see that happening, and obviously, Ricochet is a you know great babyface. Okay, and the next, uh, so they had a there was an encounter backstage between Street Profits and Hit Row, and it was kind of funny, you know, one of those you know skits that kind of you know make people you know funny or whatever, but you know Street Profits and Hit Row, you know, found a similarity with each other, and uh, you know they kind of looked at their skin a little bit, and you know they wanted to. Obviously, they insinuated, oh, we're all black. That was what they had in common. Uh, but that's not what they said. They said that, you know, they have the same, like, mentality that they all want to smoke or whatever. Uh, so so that happened. And then, oh, so I don't know if you have anything else to add with that. No, pretty, not pretty much. All right. So then we had a women's tag, title, tag team title tournament. But this is not... Uh, you know, a uh, regular match since there was an injury uh, last for Toxic Attraction. They had to make this second chance fatal four-way match between the losers of the tournament, which is not a- ideal, but it is what it is. And it was Sonya Deville and Natalia, Dana Brooke and Tamina, Shati and Shia Lee, and Nikki Ash and Dudrop. And the winner was uh, Sonya Deville and Natalia. I personally was very surprised. I thought... Uh, the winner was going to be Shotzi and Shia Lee or even Nikki Ash or Dudrop. I didn't think Sonya Deville and Natalia were going to win. But uh, they got the win, and they're advancing. Now they're going to have a match. Oh, and they had the match on SmackDown, this very SmackDown, uh, later this that night. Um, so, yeah, so they, they advanced to the title and w- went against uh, uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Alija, which is going to happen later. What do, you, what do you think about the, the result that Natalia and Sonia Deville uh, won? Honestly, I've I seen Dennis Control beat them to win the women's tag titles. That's what I see out of this. All right. So we're going to tra- uh, transition to the next one, which was a segment between Gunter, you know, the Intercontinental Champion Gunter, and Sheamus who exchanged words. It was a promo segment. Very much fired up and they said, you know, um, that he sees a lot of himself in Gunter, that they like to beat people up and whatever. And, you know, basically what we got out of this is that Gunter and Sheamus are going to beat the fuck out of them, uh, out of each other. You know, it's going to be, a, I think this is a sleeper match. I think it's going to be the match to other than Roman versus Drew. This is going to be the match uh, for a Clash of the Castle next week. So I'm really looking forward to this Intercontinental Championship match. The Intercontinental title looks great on Gunter. It looks great uh, being defended so frequently now. And, and you know, I don't know. I really like this uh, program. What do, you, what do you think? I Yeah, I think Gunter, Gunter is going so far doing good. And... And the Sheamus and Gunther match at Clash of the Castle will, will blow everyone out. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, 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 that's a given, basically. Okay. Now, we're transitioning to the Women's Tag, tag Team Title Tournament semifinal that we, you know, prefaced with the Fatal 4 week before. So now it's Raquel Rodriguez and Elija versus Sanya Deville and Natalia. And the winners ended up being Raquel Rodriguez and Alija. 
that was very much interesting because Bailey was, you know, ringside and they mentioned that Alija had lost to Bailey and Raw uh, before, you know, that week, which, you know, was interesting. I mean, obviously Alija was in front of her hometown and, you know, they wanted to take, get her out on, on the Toronto show and Raw, but, you know, Raquel Rodriguez and Alia now advanced to the finals, and now they're gonna go against. Uh, not, uh, they're gonna go against Dakota Kai and Neo Sky, which is gonna be a good match. I think it's gonna be a good match, and surely I think Neo uh, Sky and Dakota Kai are gonna, you know, win that tournament final. Uh, next, actually, it's gonna be not a clash of the castle. It's gonna be on Raw next week. So there you go. That's a match to see, a match to wait for, and. Uh, yeah, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about, you know, the, who do you think is going to be the next champions for the women's tag team titles? I see, uh, I more see Gram- Damage Control winning the tag belts. Damage Control. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a given, honestly. Uh, you can't beat them, uh, especially coming off of so quickly from their debut, their big debut. But I have a question about this. I mean, do you think that Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to come back to WWE? And if so, will they challenge them on WWE Raw, perhaps at Clash at the Castle? Well, first of all, honestly, I only see Naomi returning to WWE. I doubt Sasha Banks will come back to WWE. I see mostly Sasha Banks trying going after the the NW the N, the New Japan Women's Title. They have a stardom. Okay, okay. Is there any indication that that's actually going to happen? Well, I heard from New Japan and Stardom. They have this that that their stardom New Japan Women's title, World Title. They said it was going to be a big surprise. Someone that's a like a like a. It was based at Gajin. It was basically like, it was like a freelancer Gajin. Gonna be involved in the tournament, and I mostly, most likely, thought it's gonna be mostly Sasha Banks being that tournament. Okay, okay, maybe it is. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, but you know, I think, I think, I personally think that's gonna happen. I think both of them are gonna turn to WWE, but I might be wrong. Maybe none of them go back. I think that's also a possibility, but uh, we'll see. I guess uh, uh, we'll we'll know once the show is going to. Okay. Uh, now we're gonna transition back to SmackDown, and this is a uh, backstage segment again. It's the Maximum Male Models with uh, Max Dupree, uh, Renee Dupree, and um, and uh, you know the people, whatever. Uh, where Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo suggested to paint over a bus, and you know that bus was had a lot of had a lot of music, of uh, Hit Rose music. So, you know, Max Dupree was like, what? What are Hit Road doing interrupting a photo shoot? They, they were doing a photo shoot. So Max Dupree was like, what? They're interrupting my photo shoot. And, you know, uh, then came in uh, Angel Garza and Huberto Carrillo. And they said, hey, we got paint right here. Let's, you know, tag the bus. So that's what they did. And they put Hit or something like Screw Hit Row or something like that onto the bus. And it ended up not being Hit Row's bus. Hit Row came from the side and said, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? This is not even our bus. And it re- was revealed 
that it wasn't Hit Row's bus. As a matter of fact, it was the Street Profits bus because I came out of the bus afterwards. And I think this is going to lead to a feud between the Street Profits, perhaps, and Hit Row. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think about this, if anything? I think about this is this, yes, it could probably to Street Profits versus Hit Row feud. But it might add to the mix with the Maxim models. Yeah, and also, I mean, Arsene Garza and Humberto Carrillo were also involved with that, so maybe it's just a complicated story to to see who actually did it, who actually is, you know, uh, culpable for this, and, and you know, uh, who gets the actual blame. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be, it has, it has to be Arsene Garza and, and, and Carrillo, so... I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll wait and see, I guess. And we could do that now. All right. So next was a promo segment. A new day went out to the ring, and they basically started to say, "Hey, this is a serious thing," or whatever. Whatever. It was a serious promo. And then they were insinuating that maybe the new day, you know, should you know. Be no longer. Maybe the new day should just cease to exist. So right before they could complete that thought, the Viking Raiders came in. So that that's that's some that something's gonna happen there. Obviously, that thought is in their minds. They weren't able, or they weren't, you know, uh, you know, they weren't, uh, yeah, they weren't able to do to you know kind of complete their thoughts because of the Viking Raiders. But maybe something down the line. You know, happens with that, but the Viking Raiders come in, and then uh, uh, so Xavier Woods was in the wheelchair, and then Kofi Kingston kind of went to the other side of the ring, where uh, opposite to Xavier Woods, uh, the Viking Raiders wanted to pounce on Xavier Woods, or they wanted to pounce on Kofi Kingston, so they had the back their back on Xavier Woods, and then Xavier Woods re- revealed that his leg was good all along; they could stand up. You know, and he had a candlestick in his hand. He threw one to Kofi Kingston, and then they started to uh, threaten the Viking Raiders with candlesticks, which you know prompted them to leave the ring and 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 retreat. What, what do you think about this promo? I thought it was very effective. Yeah, it was a good promo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, the Viking Raiders uh, are probably gonna get this win. But they'll probably have oh no they have a match next week, uh, on Friday Night SmackDown, uh, which is tape. But I think I don't know what what happens. But I, I if you were to ask me, I think you give the win to the Viking Raiders, maybe furthering the kind of like the disappointment uh, between Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, maybe uh, kind of furthering that you know the dissension storyline of the New Day, and maybe you know. Biggie comes back in the Royal Rumble to kind of save the day and kind of bring the New Day back and bring, uh, you know, positivity back to them. Or maybe they they all become a, go through a, you know, uh, you know, a feud, all three of them, and have a match against each other at WrestleMania. I don't know. But that happened. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're going to transition to... Uh, the next thing that happened, uh, 
some things were promoted. Roman Reigns uh, celebrates his two-year anniversary of his world title reign next week, so they'll do something there next week on SmackDown. They then say Karen Cross will make his in-ring return next week, so he's going to have his first uh, match back, uh, for, uh, first match since returning on SmackDown next week. And then also Maximum Male Models will also make their debut, so this is going to be a big SmackDown. It's tape. Obviously, uh, everything is out there. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. But but there will be two debuts next week on SmackDown. Ludwig Kaiser vs. Butch is also announced for next week on SmackDown, which, you know, kind of furthers, you know, that, you know, feud between Sheamus and Gunter before Clash at the Castle, which this is the goal home show. This is how it goes home show should look. It's a, it's a strong show. And then... Uh, so I was also knew they were breaking ready. So and then the last thing is the main event. Uh, the main event was uh, Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. And before this, um, Sami Zayn was instructed by Roman Reigns. He was kind of—I don't know if you saw this—but he was kind of invited into the bloodline by uh, Roman Reigns. You know, Jay Uso isn't very accepting of Sami Zayn. You know, he thinks uh, he's a loser. He, he's not part of the family or whatever. Jimmy Uso is more of a, you know, relaxed guy. He he, he likes Sami Zayn and their interactions are right. But Roman Reigns is also, like, you know, accepting him into the bloodline, at least right now. And he just instructed him to kind of distract Drew McIntyre uh, for him. And, you know, I guess Sami Zayn did that because although Drew McIntyre did end up beating Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns and the Usos came out and beat their freaking up. Oh, uh, beat them, beat Drew McIntyre up, and you know laid them for dead. Basically, they hit them with pretty bad chair uh, shots. I don't know if you saw the picture of Drew McIntyre. Did you see the Drew McIntyre's back and how it, you know, ended up? Yeah, I seen the picture. It was really bad. Pretty bad, you know. Uh, and, you know, Roman Reigns just stood tall at the end and basically said that the whole business is his. That somebody needs to, you know, step up and, you know, take these from him because it's not going to be Drew McIntyre. I really like this. I think there's a huge match for Clash of the Castle, especially adding in that Drew McIntyre is from the UK. So he's, I think it's going to be one of the bigger matches of the past years. Uh, what do you think about this uh, main event and the main event. Yeah, it was good to close the main event. It shows Drew McIntyre as a serious competitor. It shows Roman and his gang as brutes that Drew McIntyre needs to overcome to win the, the world title. Yeah, and I think the... the I was thinking, and I think the determining factor of who's going to win and who's going to lose is going to come to Paul Heyman. I think he makes his return at Clash of the Castle. And I think he helps him beat, beat Roman Reigns in a in a desperate situation where maybe Drew McIntyre has him pinned, not pinned, but like has him down on, on you know, basically about to beat him. And I think uh, Paul Heyman comes back and and helps him cheat to win, which that'll give him a whole bunch of heat and and the UK crowd against their you know resident person. I think this this is a great. Great main event for this uh, Clash of the Castle next week. 
So yeah, that was SmackDown. What do you think about it in general? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good show. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, SmackDown didn't watch, but yeah, I heard it was a pretty good show. Yeah, I think it's been getting better. Obviously, there's still room to, for improvement. You know, it's not perfect. Obviously, nothing's perfect, but uh, it's good to to see some change. You know, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the AEW Rampage recap. Let's start with the AEW Trios Championship Tournament. The semifinals, Dark Order, defeated House of Black during the end of the match. Miro heads down the ring and takes out uh, Buddy Matthews and Brody King, allowing Reynolds to roll up Black for the win. Post-match, House of Black beat down Miro, but Darby Allen and Sting made the save. What do you think of the match and the post-match? Yeah, so the match was pretty good, obviously. Uh, the ending was the parts where people kind of thought it was controversial. I, I personally didn't, but I think people really wanted House of Black to win. Uh, they really thought uh, House of Black was going to get far in this tournament. I thought it was pretty obvious where they was they were going. I thought, uh, you know, it was pretty clear that Dark Order was going to advance and go against the elites. I think they're going to advance to the finals and go against the elites at, at allowed maybe 10. I think 10 was uh, selling the his leg injury. Maybe 10 will be injured in one of those matches, probably the next match, and somebody will have to step in uh, for for him, and it will have to be Adam Page, and that Adam Page, uh, um, John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks is a very interesting and intriguing match for Alout. Obviously, it would be a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, Miro coming in and distracting House of Black is, furthers that storyline. I don't think that was bad. I thought it did its job. So, yeah, I really like this uh, this match. Okay. All right. Let's see. We got backstage with Hook says he doesn't care about JS challenging for the FTW dial then leaves Angela Parker Manor, Matt Manor come in after Hook left the trash talk and challenge him again so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I mean this did what it did uh, uh, I guess one of those guys are gonna go for the FTW championship uh, Hook is I think is as good in the mic as in like he is what he's supposed to be and this was what it was supposed to be. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. We got Warlow defeated Ryan Neff to retain the TNT Championship. Chris Sabin, Lethal, Dud, and Sanam Singh watched the match from the stage. What do you think of the match? It was a pretty quick match. I think Ryan Nemeth was, you know, Good at you know getting heat uh, even in his hometown. Um, he called Wardlaw two pump chump, which you know nothing wrong with that, you know. But uh, you know uh, the Motor City Machine Guns were up, out there with uh, with uh, you know those other people. I, I saw the Motor City Machine Guns, or, and I thought I thought there were other managers because I don't know. They, I just don't know who they were, and, and I, I didn't really get to see them right. But they seemed, I don't know, maybe it was also compared to Sandam Singh. So I just thought they were kind of small. But, uh, yeah, 
I think this match is gonna is gonna be a good one. Any FTR match is gonna be good. Wardlow is over as, as fuck, and let's see how these Water City Machine Guns go. I've never seen a real like match of them, so maybe I'm impressed by them and I lost. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right, all right. Backstage, Andare Alirio tells Pirate Party Infinite War has consequences, then walks off. Yeah, this was good. Yeah, that's pretty much. So, okay, Powerhouse House Haas defeated Ashton Day. Then backstage, the factory viciously attacked Ricky Stark. QT Marshall said he told us always stick to his word. What do you think? Oh, I, as I said, uh, I really, I'm really into the Ricky Starks Powerhouse House thing. I think Powerhouse House is really like, you know, committing to his body, like uh, he right now, and and obviously that's powerful in in those squash matches, and you know it's interesting what's happening with the factory. But I don't know if you know Powerhouse House is gonna join them or something because you know they've kind of approached him a couple of times now. But, uh, yeah, so Ricky Starks, you know, the baby face in this thing and Powerhouse Hobbs are great, great heel. I don't, I don't know who's going to win this match. Um, I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited too. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, we got backstage with Leah Gray trying to speak on Jay Cargill's behalf. Cargill got angry and tells her to go away. Hogan drags her off before Cargill tells Athena to come out and get her at All Out. Athena comes out of nowhere and attacks her before security separate them. What do you think? Yeah, I saw this and, um, you know, that's interesting, that relationship between Leila Gray and, and, and Jade Cargill. I don't know if it's building to something between them two. But okay, Athena versus Jade Cargo at All Out was a no-brainer. Obviously, I think we all knew that was going to happen. It was interesting because, they, I mean, Tony Schiavone didn't, you know, do the microphone, like, didn't hold the microphone for her, and she didn't say, you know, let's have chill to Warner Brothers Discovery telling AW that to tone down the 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 language, or maybe not, maybe it's just that uh, there was no necessity for that. We'll see more in the weeks to come. But, uh, I mean, Jade Cargo is pretty good at the mic. Confidence at the mic, I'd say. And, uh, you know, maybe Athena beats Jade Cargo. It put her over way out of nowhere. I think Athena still needs a lot of work. Uh, obviously, she's coming from the WWE and has that fan base. But I don't know. I don't know if she's the girl to do it. But we'll see it all up. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, we got this Sammy Guevara, Taylello, defeat Ortiz with Soho. Ortiz was busting open during the match. What do you think of the match? It was a it was a good match. Um, you know, any Sammy Guevara uh, match, I think, is a good match because how fast-paced it is. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, well, the, the right people won. I think Sammy Guevara and Time Melo as champions, Triple you know, the mixed tag team champions, they, they need to win those division matches. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, we go to the backstage video CM Punk after his loss against John Moxley and Dynamite. Punk is with the Dolphins trainers saying that foot feels like he did it when he first broke it. What do you think of it? Boo. 
I, I, I really think this is promotional malpractice. Tony Khan said that there was exclusive video footage of CM Punk, and obviously there was, but there was like 20 seconds of it. I was expecting like some type of promo or something. No, it was just CM Punk saying uh, he they gave out or whatever. That's it. That was the uh, that was the gist of it. That could have been said. So it could have been a social media exclusive or something. It was just a, a tactic to get people to watch, and it was a dirty tactic in my opinion. If this man would have done it, people would have been all over it. But you know, it is what it is. CM Punk is a star, and people love him, and people love AW. So, and I I I mean I'm not gonna lie. I like CM Punk too. So. You know, I have no problem with it. I'm interested in what's going to happen to CM Punk and John Moxley after this. Or maybe just CM Punk. Maybe CM Punk isn't going after the world title anymore. So, yeah. That's All right. Doing. All right. Now here's the main event. Claudio Castanelli defeated Dustin Rose to retain the ROH World Championship. What do you think of the main event? I really like this match. I think it was the best match on the card. Uh, I think any Dustin Rose match is a great match uh, he makes me believe that he's hurting he makes me believe that that he can do it although he's an old man um they were putting over hard that this dude you know you know and this dude and Cesaro had a, a has a you know a long history together in WWE and that um for a long time Dustin Rhodes didn't hit the level that he was supposed to be because uh, you know, he was living in the shadow of, of, you know, Dusty Rhodes. But now he's not in that shadow. Cesaro isn't in that WWE system anymore. And they could really exemplify what they could do. And they did, I think. And I think this is a, a Ring of Honor World title match as at its most dignified. I think this was a great match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So what do you think of this episode of Rampage? I think it was a better, you know, episode of Rampage. I think... Um, I haven't watched Rampage in a while. And, you know, this one I did watch. It was a better Rampage than normal. I think next week will be better because it's live and usually live Rampages have something to offer. But, uh, yeah, I like this. I like I like the main event especially. All right, yeah. All right, All right that's good. Let's get to the topics. So, Jeff Sherrod. Apparently, Jet Jarrett Monday heard Jet Jarrett reportedly left his position in WWE. It's revealed that it revealed that WWE has has released Jet Jarrett and replaced him with Dope Road Dog. It was, of yeah. course, PW Insider that another big change that was happening with the company and Jet Jarrett departed. We all know Road Dog took Jet Jarrett's place as the vice president of like live like house show. Talent or something? Yeah, but best uh, like executive president of a uh, live events or something like that, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. So, you know, are you gonna say what you think about it, or should I just say? Hey, you say it. Okay. So, I I don't know. I think a lot of people on Twitter really don't like Road Duck for his comments about AW and about wrestling in general. And I understand that. The fact of the matter is that Triple H is going to bring his friends to WWE no matter what. That's what he's been doing since the beginning. And, you know, Jeff Jarrett, you know, he just got into that role. I mean, I thought uh, I've been listening to Jim Cornette's podcast or whatever, right? And he said that Jeff Jarrett is the perfect person for that job. 
you know, and I thought, you know, okay, I think this this is a long term job for Jeff Jarrett, but I guess because this is man retirement, you know, kind of changed things. Maybe allows Jeff Jarrett to do things outside of WWE. He was doing great things outside of WWE before going to WWE. Obviously, being part of Ric Flair's last match, I saw him in Felipe Mania, and he was doing great. And they actually set up a match, which I thought was going to happen. But after he went to WWE, I wasn't expecting it to happen. Now I can't expect it to happen. Jeff Jarrett still is a great wrestler, I think, and we saw that in Ric Flair's last match. Um, Road Dog, you know, I don't think we're going to see much of Road Dog. In WWE, I don't think much is going to change in WWE because of Road Dog. NXT at its highest point had Road Dog backstage, so I mean, nothing's really going to change for me to care about Road Dog being put in this position, you know. So Triple H can bring him anybody he wants backstage as long as you know, let's say uh, I don't know, a bad wrestler comes to WWE. Uh, I, I don't expect Triple H to do that, but if I would be upset if a uh, bad wrestler were to be put up in the main event, let's say. Um, let's say Marco Stunt. If he brings in Marco Stunt, I, I, I don't, wouldn't want him to be uh, Roman Re- be going against Roman Reigns. You know, he's not a main event. That's where I would be getting upset. But something that happens backstage, no, I, I don't think uh, I, I would care much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, we go to Thunder Rosa. Rosa apparently has massive heat in the locker room. It was from jo- Voices Wrestling Joe Lanza mentioning on the instant reaction live AW post show that Rosa and Britt Baker had generally heat enemies backstage or so. Rosa reportedly had heat with Hater as well with the broken nose. Basically, Rosa broke her nose in the ring. Lanza said that Rosa hid from Jamie in the bathroom store, worried. Jay Mahater will attack her. It's confirmed to be fake as Thunder Rosa was removed from All Out because of a recent injury. No word on the injury, but it was revealed to be a back injury. We don't know how long Rosa will be out, but her last match was a six person tag on Elevation earlier this month. As they did with the men's main title, AW will crown an interim champ with, while the Mexican star Rosa will recover. This happened at all, then that will happen all out when there will be a one on rematch between Rosa and Thunderstone partner Tony Storm will now be a far away for interim wins championship. In addition to Storm, a graphic was shown on Diamond listing former champions Sheeta and Baker and Hater being in the match after Baker win over Colin King, all four women mix up. Then when Rosa cleared her return, we'll have another unification bout between her and the winner of all out interim bat title belt. What do you think of this? The situation, Rosa, and the heat in her locker room. Yeah. So uh, for me, just analyzing like the reactions of the of the women at backstage promo segments, or you know, and matches, just the reports we've had, like the Thunder Rosa sandbagging and Britt Baker mentioning it, and all that. I thought it was quite apparent that she did have some type of uh, heat, or maybe there was some malcontent. There backstage, um, I think there was a, another part of the report. I don't know who reported. I think it was Wrestling Observer. Um, they said that uh, you know the fact that you know they're doing an interim championship means that Thunder Rosa isn't gonna be out for long. Uh, in fact, it'll probably only be a couple of weeks. For me, I mean, I already said my piece about Thunder Rosa. I don't, I don't know. I don't really like her. I don't really support her. She's a baby face, but I don't believe her. And I think a, a, 
you know, an important aspect about a babyface is to believe her. It's like uh, if I were to compare her to, I'm not, I don't want to compare her to a Dirty person, but I'm going to, and it's not because of Dirty or not. Just simply like how they're presented as babyfaces, how they, uh, you know, uh, you know, speak. Thunder Rosa, when compared to Liv Morgan, for example, I think Liv Morgan is a very genuine, a very uh, believable uh, babyface, you know. And Thunder Rosa is like, okay, let's let's say she's a very dominant force, force, and she's very, you know, gracious to the fans and everything. But at some point, it's too gracious. Like that moment when Liv Morgan was getting booed, maybe it was because she was presented as too weak. But sometimes the babyface does have to be presented as, you know, uh, uh, sympathetic, you know. And there's a fine line where it's sympathetic and a loser, you know. And here, Thunderosa, I think, is the opposite. I think uh, she's not sympathetic enough, you know. I think she she tries too hard in the to become sympathetic in in, in interviews and promos, but uh, um, in the ring she doesn't allow herself to like get beaten up or things like that. I think. Uh, if she were to get beaten up and like uh, to be in vulnerable situations where she kind of overcomes the odds, then I would buy her as a babyface. But uh, yeah, that's my piece on Thunderosa. I think uh, this interim championship, I already said, not a good idea. But if it's going to happen, I mean, uh, it's going to happen. So I can't do anything about it. All right. All right. Or here to talk with a topic with AEW. AEW held a mandatory meeting. Cody Khan said he fired up about it. According to Fightful Select, the Khan discussed the company's plans to grow talent relations development team. According to Fightful, the accident Tony Khan was also addressed as rumors of miscommunication. Lack of accident had emerged. Omega and the Young Bucks were said and made it clear that the door was open, open, and they could be reached for concerns as well. Khan made it clear at AEW's industry that has been long been dominated by WWE. He has put everything into to make things better for the talents. Khan also stated right before a team meeting took place, AEW's Meghan Parkett, the chief legal officer for the company, was effectively the number two in the promotion's hierarchy. Hierarchy sent an email to WA's Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon warning them not to tamper with his talent. What do you think? Yeah, so so this is a two-parter, basically. So the first yeah, part is... Yeah, that was the first part. The second part is that he also told the stars that he's not going to be a pushover. It was it was for backstage drama that was laid. Cody Khan now told his talent that he's not going to be a pushover. Yes, he heard there was also more cases of incidents backstage AEW seen that an atmosphere is tense with a lot of classic personalities. Some of them include Johnny Guevara, Kingston's backstage scuffle, Brick Baker, Thunder Rosa, Portly had a genuine heat for each other, numerous reports and rumors of contract tampering by WWE. AEW held a talent meeting before August 24th episode of Dynamite to address the uncertainty backstage in the company. Cody Khan even mentioned he had a direct message sent to WWE telling the stock their alleged t- contract tampering. Though more details emerge about this meeting as per Meltzer and Wrestling Observer newsletter regarding Khan's stance on unrest backstage. One wrestler notices that, that Khan made clearly clear he's not going to be a pushover for demands by the talent. 
been a lot of instances where the talent's been late and made a demand, so one they run in regards to pay-per-view in some cases, kind of done that, thinking the proper ideas are better than the others, and it hasn't. Now there's apparently unresolved conflict between AEW talent and AEW, and the way management deals with the issues will be crucial to the company going forward. So what I get from this, that Tony Khan is not going to be a pushover, there are issues AEW. They have to AEW have to have a meeting, the mandatory to handle these problems, yes. and then and we heard and all for this that WWE tried to tamper with their talents contracts, which yes. is somewhat illegal. Um, and, it's, not, it's not technically, you know, uh, bluffly like federally li- illegal. It would be illegal if it's against you know the contract, which you know I think uh, I mean. It is. I would. I would, or maybe not. But I don't. I don't know. Um, I think it's kind of complicated when you get into these contracts. You know what I'm saying? Like an NBA law, let's say, like tampering law, and then and the NBA is different from tampering. A, you know, another sport, and uh, let's say NFL is different. So, I don't. I don't know what the specifics about what really truly is tampering. But, yeah. Uh, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, basically, we, and basically also to the fact that we had Kenny Omega bring bring tough love to the to the wrestlers in the meeting, telling them to cut this shit out, get better, or leave AEW. So I heard. Yes, and uh, I think uh, Kenny Omega does need to like kind of lay down the law. You know, obviously there was reports of CM Punk, uh, you know, being uh, bring. In that like old school culture into the rest and so AW, and that's exactly what AW wanted to stop, wanted to kind of evolve from. Uh, and if they want to change those things, Kenny Mega needs to kind of lay down the law, maybe not in a you know, you know, that yelling and screaming type of way, but in a stern way and respectful way, uh, where he needs to tell these talents that hey, you gotta get your shit together, or else we're not gonna be able to get the good things that we used to have or that we do have right now, you know. But uh, yeah, basically this whole meeting, I think, uh, I think, uh, uh, I think I saw in the report that it was basically uh, they already got in the email. Like let's say the let's say the first part, you know, the first part of uh, them being able to talk to these uh, new people in the high positions like Tony Schiavone, Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, and all these people. That, that's nothing new. That we knew that already, and they knew that already. Uh, what I think was new was, you know, the tampering and saying that, oh, I, I contacted WWE or whatever. Um, obviously, they had to respect the contract no matter what. Uh, yeah, uh, even if Triple H or whoever contacted them about whether they wanted to go return to WWE or not, um, even if they did contact the, the, contact them uh uh, they were going to have to respect the contract. I wouldn't expect Tony Khan to let them go, especially now in the climate that it is right now in professional wrestling. So, yeah, I think this, if you want to give, like, if I want to give my actual opinion about this whole, you know, meeting about AW and AW, I think it was a whole bunch of nothing. Those, these, there are also reports where, like, the talent, sometimes it came out, like, Satisfied with this meeting, the others were still feeling the same way as before. So I don't, I don't know how much this really did. I think we have to wait and see if anything comes out again. Obviously, Eddie Kingston just came out of his suspension this week. Uh, 
So yeah, let's see if uh, things change from now on. All right. All right. That's all I got to say. Thank you for Cody again. And this is the Gus Holy Podcast. We'll see you all next Saturday. Bye. All right. See you. All right. In these unique times, Augusta Ollie can make a difference. Please buy our custom merch today at Augusta Ollie's store on botfire.com. You could you could buy our merch with a with, with a 20% off with the code Augusta Big Sale. So come on to Augusta Ollie store at Bonfire to get our merch. And it's 20% off. So hurry up and go get it down.